Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday. It is not Monday. But to be fair, we did try on Monday, but the Blog Talk dashboard was down. So Monday was extra Monday. But today I'm super excited because my friend, author Mika James, had a book out the same day I did on Monday, and we thought we would do a fun dual interview for Book Lights and tell you guys all about our new books that are out this week. So if you haven't met Mika yet, you're in for a treat, and I will read her bio here so you can get to know her. Mika James is a writer of adult contemporary and erotic romance a born and raised Georgia peach. She still resides in the Southern state with her hubby of 16 years and counting, mom of four kids of the two-legged variety. She also has four fur babies of the canine variety. Leo the turtle and Spade the snake rounds out her wacky household. When she's not writing or reading, Mika can be found playing The Sims 3, sometimes Sims 4, and making up fun stories to go with the pixelated people whose world she controls. I did put a link to Mika's website right there on the Blog Talk site, so if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can click that link anytime and sign up for her newsletter and find out about the new books that are coming out. She and I write together in the Word Makers every day, so I know what's coming up, but I'm going to let her tell you it. Um, so Mika, are you there? I'm here. Yay! I'm so glad. I sorry Monday we we got shut out by Blog Talk. Technology. I mean, you just have it has its days too. <laughs> yes, technology is always out to get us. But you had yes. a new book come out Monday called The Heat of Love and it's book 2 in the Love on Madison Island series. Do you want to tell everybody all about it? Yes. So book two follows Regina Parker, who is the bakery owner um, and friend of Cynthia, who was um, the featured heroine in book one. And so this time around, um, Regina's bakery got burned down. I know people gave me lots of grief about that. We were all it It gets rebuilt. I promise you. It, we rebuild. <laughs> but um, Regina is a widow. Um, she's been a widow for 16 years, and so she's was very sort of anti getting into a relationship again because she, even though she had gotten really over the loss of her husband, she had gotten to the point where she worked, she took care of the son that they had, and she focused on her friends, her family, and then the occasional hookup with no strings attached when she got the itch to need that kind of, you know, affection. But then the sexy fire investigator comes to town to investigate the suspicious blaze at her bakery. And because it's a romance novel, um, much to, you know, no matter what she said she wasn't going to do, the relationship ensues because we have to have those happily ever afters or happily pronounced. But, yeah, that was the general gist of it. She, um, they're brought together because um, someone was a jerk and set her bakery on fire. And Alex comes to town to figure out how it started. And then they just sort of connect. 
And this series that you put together, it all takes place on a little fictional island off of Georgia, right? Correct. So Madison Island is the first time I've put together a fictional town. Um, normally I've set my books in either like the Atlanta area um, or I have the novellas that are set in Phoenix. But this time around I did a fictional town, and it's sort of a mashup between Savannah and Tybee Island, and it's set in that general area or supposed to be set in that general area along that southern um, coast of Georgia near Savannah and Tybee. So it's like a mashup, but like a little small hidden gem between those two areas. So that's what this is. And then the other thing with this series is all of the um, leads are, or not all, because Alec is the young one at like 32, 33, but the other leads are all um, 40 plus. That was the other thing with this particular series. I love it. So it's not it's not the youngsters getting started for the first time. It's people trying to get it right later, right? <laughs> Correct. It is um, getting, you know, finding those new loves and new experiences later in life. I love that. And I love the setting because, of course, I have an Immortal Pirate series that's set in Savannah. And one yes. of the books um, – which one? Pirate's Passion, I think. The big final battle scene all happens in the lighthouse at Tybee Island. Have you ever been up in that? I have not. Um, I've only been to Savannah, and when we went to Savannah, we didn't get a chance to go visit Tybee. I went oh, okay. years, years ago when my daughter who's 24 now, was in Girl Scouts, if that tells you how long ago oh, <laughs> it's been. And you went, to see, you went to go see the Girl the, Scout house, right? Yes, we did. We went to the Girl Scout house, and then I think we did a, some of the girls did a ghost tour. I wasn't the leader who went with that particular situation. Um, the other leader took the one who did the ghost tour, and then I stayed <laughs> with the other girls. And But, we, you know, that's when we toured um, Savannah. Okay. Well, if you ever get to go to Tybee Island and you go up in that lighthouse, <laughs> that is a lot of steps. <laughs> but I I wanted to know what was up at the top because I wanted to have a scene where they take out the light at the top of the Tybee Island lighthouse. And so I walked up those steps and they are very tiny and you circle and circle and circle. And there's these little windows as you go up and I'm looking out each time and I'm like, Hey, I'm higher. Okay. I'm higher. And people were coming down and it would be really scary because you're trying to pass close to the wall because there's no railing. Just like oh my I kept goodness. seeing people come down. I'm like, am I almost up? They're like, four more, four more flights. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's further than You're I not thought. selling this did make it lighthouse with me. I'm not sure it's I want to. Not making this. you want to run up there. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure I want to do that. <laughs> yes, what what we do for book research. <laughs> I know. Like, I thought about going. I'm like, maybe I should, but also we're still in the height of the pandemic, so I'm not trapping too right. much. Because I thought about, I should go to Savannah and stay at a bed and breakfast because, you know, in the first book, I'm, she's opening a and b And I was like, but no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right now is not a good time. I haven't had book research adventures in a couple of years now because of the plague. So, you know, we have to use right. Google. 
right, Google, it, it helps a lot. It, it does make the getting the research in plus because this one was a fictional town. I could make it up as I went because that's how I do most of my stories anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and your release so what, was your your wolf pack. So I started reading your pirates book, but I haven't done the deep dive into your wolf jet. But I know this is okay. the book that we were all mad at you about, right? This is the one. Yes, yes, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sedona Suspect came out on Monday. And this book, I was writing with the word makers and bawling because a character dies. I won't spoil it and let you know who dies, but someone dies in Sedona Suspect. And and while my books, usually people die, um, <laughs> the word makers were very upset about who died in this book. But um, but there is a happy ending, and it's all beautiful. And But, yes, we do have a death in this book. I mean, we're used to you having death. You are our resident murder fairy. But this time around, it was different. We were like, but you write about immortals and stuff. We just didn't understand. I Rocky know, I know. <laughs> my my werewolves are mortal. They do age slower than humans, and they do usually heal faster than humans, but they are not immortal. And... So occasionally members of my wolf packs die. Um, so anyway, this one was, this one, I knew when I started writing it that it was going to be emotion packed, but I wasn't prepared for my hero and heroine in this book, like yours, are older. The um, the hero is 40. Um, in the book, it starts the day after his 40th birthday, and he's really in a funk because werewolves, mate for life and in my world when they discover their mate is the second that they touch skin to skin and so he has been spending 40 years not finding his mate and now the rest of the wolf pack has found mates they have kids and he had built this big house for his future family because he's a contractor and he built it when he turned 30 because he was expecting he'd find his mate any day now and now he's 40 in this big empty house all alone and so at the beginning of the book he's pretty sure that he has missed his mate um, because Humans, of course, don't have that instinct. So he's envisioning that she's already married and has kids and, you know, and he's going to be alone forever. So when an enemy of the pack um, comes to warn him that a judge has has taken the super soldier serum and was losing it, um, anyway, she came to the wolf pack for help and the alpha basically told her, you know, that it's too dangerous. It'll bring the police to our doorstep. You know, we're not going to hurt this judge. Hero was like, you know, I don't really have anything to lose. I don't have a family or kids or a mate or anybody who would miss me. So he volunteers secretly to help her. And that's kind of how the book opens. And, and then when she ends up in jail, he has to break her out. Um, so it, the story really hit the ground running, and I was expecting all the action, but um, my heroine, Natasha, is an assassin, and she actually was in my old series, um, the Moon series, that spun off to the Sedona pack. So readers have known her for a long time, but I loved that one of the early reviews said Natasha was not who I thought she was. And I love that. I love redeeming bad guys. Um, 
but anyway, Natasha had a lot of growing to do in the book and she was 38. So, you know, here's these two people, um, you know, who are looking at 40 going, wow, my life isn't what I thought it would be, but life's not over yet. They can make new choices. So it was really fun. Um, it just had so much more uh, emotion than what I was expecting. And I thought the happy ending was, oh, made my day. So. Oh, yay. Now I have to definitely, I'm still behind on all my reading, so I'm like, I need to like catch up. But with this particular set of books, I'm assuming you have to read all of them to know, or are your books set up where you can like jump in in the middle and not be totally lost? That is a great question. I always write them so that you can jump in and not be lost. Because um, <laughs> I ask that same question all the time. Am I going to have to go back and read 20 books first? Um, so as a writer, as a reader, I, I like to be able to jump in. And then usually I fall in love and go back to the beginning and read the whole series anyway. But it's not as daunting if I can put my toe in the water and read one book. Um, so as a writer, I always try to make sure that they do that. So even though this is book seven of the Sedona Pack series, you can jump in with this book. You don't have to read them all. But I've, I, I secretly hope that you will. you got older you characters, <laughs> you know, Angie had an assassin because, look, I write romance, but I am so into, like, the action movies and things of that oh, nature. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, then you um, will you will love suspect. There's explosions and bad guys and assassins. Yeah, so it'll be right up your alley. An older hero and heroine. <laughs> yep, sounds like it. <laughs> so that kind of dovetails into I was going to ask you if contemporary romance, you know, is that your favorite jam, or are you thinking about writing anything else, or you know, do you have a secret thriller up your sleeve, anything like that? Um, I mean, I've thought about it, but I do contemporary romance because my stories are really character-driven, and um, it's like I can focus in on, like, them without a lot of extra subplots, which is good for me because, one, I'm a pantser, so I never know what's coming, and, two, I have an absolutely crap memory, so I feel like I would, like, <laughs> say something and then forget it and then I'd have like all these loose and I understand editing and whatnot can take takes place but I just like so for me I would forget things but I do have ideas to do I don't know if it'd be considered thriller or if it would fall under romantic suspense but I did have like an idea for um like a darker romance at some point it still would be contemporary romance but right more on the dark romantic kind of like where I yeah yeah, um, with a with a lady killer, because <laughs> oh, love it. Women can be um, assassins and murderers as well. And I watch yeah. I spend a lot of time watching Snap, so that absolutely doesn't <laughs> help. <laughs> I spend an awful lot of time watching Snap. I don't know why, but I do. Um, the things I watch when I'm doing romantic scenes. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I probably will. I don't know when because my brain is very scattered most days. And so currently I'm just really focused on trying to get this series out and done this year for the Madison Island. And then after that I have to spend some time figuring out which characters come to me next so that I can write. Because I like to write sort of like what's sort of speaking to me at the moment. So I can't 
that's the only reason I don't really plan anything because I don't I don't know. I can say yes, I want to do this, but then when the time comes, I can be totally disinterested, and then trying to force trying to force it to write it would just be like blah. So um, there are other things. They're all going to usually have like a romance read to them. It's just a matter of will it be like where it will be. It's a dark romance, romantic suspense that sort of thing, but I do have um, an idea for something to get a little bit darker, because I, I started my roots for the darker story, like that was my first story, so I've been thinking about getting back to like the darker thing, because it's something about writing bad characters that are really kind of fun and freeing, so I want to do that again, Yes, because you don't have to be so yes. concerned about their their morals. They can just be right. bad, and I kind of like that. Yes. Yes, I do like writing a really good villain is is my jam. And I love the high stakes, you know, life or death stakes. So romantic suspense, I, I enjoy reading very much as well as paranormal and urban fantasy and stuff like that. Things where, you know, the world could end, but I love you. Um, <laughs> you know, yes. those, are, those are my kind of my kind of romances. <laughs> yeah, I don't read. Um... Yeah, I, I do like that's why I like action. But then I'm also weird because like I don't want my action to be too bogged down with the romance. I know I'm weird as a romance author. <laughs> <laughs> that's in the movies. In the book, give me the romance. But in the movies, I it's yeah, I'm weird that way. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you like what you like. I do. Yeah, it's sort of like two halves of my brain working in concert there. I'm sorry for the noise out back. Oh, I can't. I didn't even hear him, so we're all good. Okay, good. Because um, yeah, there's a truck in the outside, and it's really loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, since we both had release days on Monday, um, do you have any release day rituals? I know the readers like to know behind the scenes of what we what we authors do on release day. You want to share? I do not have any rituals. Um, this Monday was all about panic. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hiccup with my file um, that I didn't catch until after my Amazon like locks your account after a certain time when you do a pre-order as an indie, and so I didn't catch the hiccup until after my account was locked. And so it was like that race against time trying to see if I can get it in there and get the right file pushed out to the readers. So this Monday was really about panic. Um, outside of that, um, the only thing I normally do is like I'll post something to social media like Twitter or Instagram, that sort of deal. Um, and but, yeah, I don't really have any release day rituals. The only ritual I have at this point is, like, when I finish the first draft of a book, I have this whiskey called Writer's Tears that my daughter got me. And whenever <laughs> I finish a first draft of a book, I have um, a small sort of, like, shot of that Writer's Tears um, whiskey as to celebrate <laughs> another project. It's not really complete. But the hardest part for me is the drafting to get the words out of my head. So once, right. you know, tears are sometimes involved, so it seems very fitting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what I do. So, um, yeah, 
So that's pretty much my only real ritual is that I will have that sort of um, that shot after I finish the first draft of a project. And if it's been particularly hard with editing, I'll also have a shot after I get through with the final editing process because sometimes the editing process can be complex. Not often, though, because I take so much time with my first draft because I'm a painter and I'm a slow writer and I overthink everything that I, you know, I don't have to, like, do a lot of, like, major, like, cutting, reworking on my edits. Usually, I'm going to knock on wood because as soon as I say that, I'll have a book. I know, right? Me, like, so, um, <laughs> about this story. <laughs> but I need to rewrite these chapters. Only, yeah. Can we add, like, what were you thinking? I'm pretty sure one of those might be coming. Um, so we'll see. But, no, I don't have any real release day um, rituals other than, you know, maybe celebrating with chocolate, but I do that all the time. So, yeah, nothing much. What about you? <laughs> well, I always do, on release day, I always do a Facebook party that night with all of my readers, and we help, they help spread the news um, with, uh, they share links for all the books and everything on social media, and we have fun, and I give away, you know, themed little party gifts and stuff, and I've done it ever since my first book, so it's just, it's just fun, and Facebook makes it harder and harder every time, because it's so glitchy, but anyway, we, so we had a fun party, and that was, that was fun. I always look forward to those. Hanging out with readers is like my second most favorite thing about being a writer behind, you know, I, I'm also a pantser, so I love being surprised, and so that's my favorite part of writing, is when a book takes a turn, and I'm like, wait, what? What just happened? Um, <laughs> So those are my favorite, but, but second favorite is hanging out with readers afterwards. And I share, you know, songs that were big on the playlist for that book. And we share snippets of the book and always do an ask me anything thread and, and all that. And then next week I'll be mailing out prizes going, why do I do this? Um, but anyway, <laughs> but it was super fun on, on Monday night. And then I try super hard to stay away from refreshing Amazon. And to, and Mika and I, for everybody out there listening, did not realize we both set our books on pre-order to come out June 21st. And neither one of us had any idea that that would be Amazon Prime Day. <laughs> yes. No, did not so, pay attention to that at all. Yeah, so next year I will be paying more attention. But anyway, having it be Amazon Prime Day on the same day our books came out, Amazon has been super glitchy with getting reviews up and with updating things. And anyway, it's been a mess. So this was not like the smoothest of my book releases. And you would think since I think this was book 35 or something like that, that oh I would be better goodness. at this. But we, Nika and I were talking about before the show that it, it never gets easier. I get so nervous yeah, that my yeah. stomach is like in knots waiting to see if the reviews are good because I have this voice in my head that's constantly going, maybe you're the only one who liked this book. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> I have that same voice. Um, that inner critic is harsh. She is brutal. Yes. And I don't like her. <laughs> right? Right? Why do we so have jerk voices in our head? She never goes away. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, and the date thing, and this isn't the first time I've messed up with dates because when I scheduled the cover reveal for book one, 
I was just looking at doing it two months prior to the book coming out. It did not click with me at all that that date would be election day. Oh, no. No, not um, inauguration day. Inauguration day. (laughs) No. I scheduled my, so, and I was doing it through um, Syl, the book voyager. She does cover reveals on Frolic. And so she was Uh handling the um, cover reveal. And so she emailed me or she DM'd me. She was like, can we move your cover reveal up a day? And at first I was just like, why? There's conflict or whatever. She was like, she, she told me, she was like, the 20th is inauguration day and we don't want you. I was just like, it was like one of those like forehead slap moments. I was just like, it did not register with me at all when I picked this day. I was just like, the 20th, it's two months prior to when my book is being released. That's the day. It didn't register with me at all otherwise. And I was that, just like, That yeah, you were going to compete with Joe it. Biden. <laughs> right. I did not want to be competing with um, Joe Biden. So um, I did move, I did, um, they moved it up a day. So they did it the day um, before because, yeah, I didn't pay any attention. I just picked a day because it, you know. So, yeah, this Prime Day thing, too, was just like, what? I'm pretty sure I had my day picked before Amazon and I had to do Prime Day. So we had it first. (laughs) (laughs) We picked the day first. It should have been our release day. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, well, live and learn. <laughs> yes. So, so since we're both pantsers, you want to tell everybody your favorite surprise that happened when you were writing Heat of Love, what you thought was going to happen, and then what actually happened? Um, yes. So, well, I never really know what's going to happen because I don't want the far ahead, but <laughs> I was um, writing a scene where Alec was going to meet Regina's, having dinner with Regina's family. He'd already met her mom because everyone loves Mama Charles. He's quite the character. And uh, Mama Charles invited him to a fish fry at their house because Mr. Charles, Regina's dad, all he does is sit around and he's retired. He fishes and he makes apparently his own liquor, including moonshine. And so there's a scene where he, uh, Alec, is at this cookout, and it's not just Regina's parents. It's also their family because they apparently live on, like, eight acres of land, and it's a couple of them that live close together. So it's like a compound that they have. Not really a compound, but you know what I mean. It's just a lot of them. And so he brings Alec this jar of moonshine, and Alec in his head is like, this is a test. (laughs) Like, he knows it going in. (laughs) And then um, it was the fact that he – but he's like, you know, I got to kind of man up and do this because all these people are watching me with this liquid. And his reaction to taking the sip of the moonshine cracked me up so hard because yeah. it's strong. These people are small town. They live out sort of like in the country or southern Georgia, and he makes his own moonshine, and he makes it as strong as he wants to. And this stuff that he named after his wife was called the Mabel. He, um, she was Mabel Charles. And so he um, he gave Alec this moonshine, and Alec thought he was dying. And it was so hilarious <laughs> being in his head at that moment. He was trying to say, you know, sort of manly and, 
not like start crying because it's burning as it goes down. <laughs> it was that scene out of all the scenes that absolutely cracked me up because of his reaction to it. Um, so yeah, that that was probably my favorite scene um, to write was that particular scene in the book. And then at the end of that scene, they have sort of like a sort of sweet emotional moment that I won't, you know, I won't spoil that part. But you know, Regina makes a comment to Alec that shows the absolute significance of that scene um, of him getting the moonshine. And so, yeah, but I thought it was really funny how he that his reaction to drinking the moonshine. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so for mine, for Sedona Suspect, um, she gets arrested, and uh, the only person in the wolf pack that she has a phone number for is Dex, our hero. And in when I I don't usually plot at all, but I I know where the book is going to end up, and so obviously since this one is Sedona Suspect, she was going to go to jail, and they were going to have to break her out. But my problem was that I I didn't have I didn't know yet. I I'm learning to trust that eventually I'll know when it's time to know. But I didn't know how I was gonna get them back together because she is capable of getting a whole new identity and leaving. So why would she stay in Arizona where my hero is? when the authorities are looking for her because they blew out the back wall of the jail to get her out, you know? So that was my worry as I was writing the book. So anyway, he goes and um, before the police have arrested her and he's there and claims to be her boyfriend, but they won't, he, he, you know, he said, can I make her bail? And they said, well, after you talk to a judge, which would be after she shifts into a Jaguar. So that wasn't going to happen. So they were going to have to break her out. I had him go search her car before the tow truck got there. And he is looking for anything that might tip them off that she's more than human. And he's flipping through her glove box and finds a key. And me as writer have no idea what this key is for, but I wrote myself a note because I don't remember things either, Mika. So I write a note in the document at the bottom that just keeps going down until I figure out what it means. But I, I put in there, Dex has a key. And, and then later I find out that she has her passport and her new ID and emergency cash in a, in a safe deposit box. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the key. Um, and that means she'll have to go back and find him because he has the key. I was like, woohoo! <laughs> so those are the surprises I live for while I'm writing because I'm like, I don't know, what is this key to? I don't know. I guess I'll figure it out later. But anyway, so that was, those are, you know, my favorite part of writing. So I love when, when that weird stuff happens that I'm like, what is this? And later I find out, oh, my God, that's what that is. Right? Yeah, it makes writing seem, you know, really mystical and cool and, and I love that. <laughs> yes. So we are rapidly running out of time and I could talk for to you for hours, but um how do you like writers to get in touch with you? How can they find you after they read the new book? Um, you can get in touch with me at my website, authormikajames.com, or you can always find me on Twitter. That's where I'm at most often, and I'm just uh, at authormikajames there. 
Perfect. And everybody can find me at lisa-kessler.com or on Twitter, I'm LDY Disney. And I'm also on Facebook, Lisa Kessler Writer, and I'm happy to talk to readers anytime. So thanks so much for being here, Mika. Fist bump to my thanks release day, buddy. <laughs> I Friday. know, so much fun. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.